Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We're a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians, and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and welcome to episode 242. We've got returning guests today with Nick and Palais from Death by Denim joining us on the pod. If you're not already, please head to wherever you get your good podcasts from and make sure you subscribe to this very one. While you're there, if you feel like it, please give us a rating or review as that stuff always does help and make sure you follow us across all of our socials, which can be found in the show notes of this pod. Let's get on with our episode today with Death by Denim. The Perth Four Piece have been making electronic influenced psych dance indie rock since 2016 and were actually last on the podcast when they released their brilliant album Moonbow last year in March. Next week, the guys are following it up with the brand new EP, My House is a Club, which was inspired by a lot of partying while living together and how that situation kind of usually plays out. We discussed that in today's episode with Nick and Palais and how one of their biggest parties involved multiple DJs around the place, Great Gable and a few other artists joining them in their musical party kind of mayhem. The guys are also heading out across the country this May in support of the EP and we chat to them about how much they're looking forward to getting back on the road, how they're looking forward to having a little bit more freedom this time around, as I believe last time there were still work COVID restrictions and uh, what fans can expect. We discuss the guy's introduction to songwriting and we also have a chat about what kind of methods work best for them as a four-piece. Links on where to pre-order or pre-save their EP can be found in the show notes along with their tour dates. And we want to say a massive thank you to Shari at Great Company Collective for helping out with today's episode. Here is our chat with Death by Denim. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Nick and Pele from Death by Denim. Gentlemen, hello again. How are we? Very well. Thanks. How are you doing? Oh, look, I'm not doing too bad. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us this fine uh, afternoon, evening. Afternoon where you are. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how are things over in WA at the moment? How are, how are tricks? Tricks are good. Very sunny, very warm. Yep. We've, uh, we haven't been gigging too much at the moment. We've just been enjoying a bit of off time, I think. But we're ready to, we're getting bored now, we're ready to play. Yeah. We're ready to tour. <laughs> yeah. And I've been going to like watch a few gigs of late, but it's just a bit like now we're ready to be on the other side of that. So it's yeah. like, yeah. What is the what is the gig scene over in, in Perth? Like I know, I think I've been seeing quite a lot of both large-scale international, mid-tier international and lots of local 
kind of stuff. Is it? It's a pretty healthy music scene over there, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, uh, we saw our mates band Old Mervs at um, Freeo Social on was it Friday? Friday, and that was absolutely heaving. Like you know, eight hundred people, a thousand people, just going nuts. And then what Ed Sheeran played the other night <laughs> to like eighty thousand people or something. Yeah, destroyed all the grass <laughs> at Optus. <laughs> Needs to be replaced, apparently. For the footy. Come on, next week. Footy season. (laughs) Look, you are adding to that next week, I believe, there is a brand new EP coming out, My House is a Club, the brand new EP from Death by Denim. Firstly, congrats on this EP. It is, as we mentioned, yet to come out, but it is a um, a beautiful EP. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's um, exciting to have it come out finally it's been like how long when did we record it maybe like, like a while back hey? mid, at middle last year yeah right? something like that so it's been a while june july like prepping it all um and yeah keen to have it out keen to tour it hopefully people enjoy it we'll wait and see yeah. <laughs> always wait and see um, i'm sure that people <laughs> i'm sure that people are going to enjoy this ep I know that when we spoke, uh, I think around a similar time last year, that um, yep. you were just about to release your debut record, Moonbow. Um, and I guess, it, especially if those songs were recorded not that far from when that release kind of happened, you've been sitting on them for a while then. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think straight after, I think it was like April last year, that's when we started writing all the new material and then two months later we were just recording it again we get sick of our current catalog very quickly so we just want to get back into the studio (laughs) as much as possible only to get sick of it again (laughs) and i already want to next dp which hasn't been recorded yet but be full of bangers i'm sure (laughs) i i wanted to talk about the recording of this ep if we're allowed to um the the record that we spoke about previously, Moonbow, that was kind of recorded over a more lengthy period of time and I think that we discussed last year around March or April that you were having all these different kind of influences and different um, sonics that were that were kind of playing into that record. This time around it was kind of in and out. You wanted to get it done and dusted as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, I think so that last album we were doing like four or five days at a time. Um, in the same studio we did the EPN, um, Andy Lawson's studio. And then this EP was two and a half weeks. Yeah. That one? At least two weeks. Yeah, right. At least two weeks. Yeah, true. Yeah. Of non-stop studio, um, which was, like, completely different. It was very interesting. Um, at times, not as fun as I thought it would be. <laughs> but then by the end, it was very good. <laughs> Just because... The way we record it took a lot longer for songs to take shape over that time. So, like, midway into the second week, we're like, okay, this is what all the songs sound like now. Whereas before, like, after a day or two, when you're just in there for a couple of days, you've already got a pretty good picture of what the music you're working on sounds like. Whereas for us, it's just like, oh, shit, I forgot that this was a song that's like track six on the EP. We haven't even got to it yet. It's just a drum beat. And we're like, okay, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's build it. <laughs> but we were, by the end of it, it felt like much more rewarding, I think, yeah. to have worked on it for so long. Well, like two weeks, not that long. But 
Is it a method that you think that you'd revisit doing it that way? I think um, it might be more as a whole, it turns out to be a bit more like a succinct EP, like a batch of work, whereas if you do what we were doing with the Movemo album and even our first album a couple of years ago, um, we did it in batches, so like one song will sound like pretty different to the next round, whereas like this one, this EP, although there's like a lot of variation in the style of music, it kind of all has a similar flavour. So I think it's probably a good thing to do again. Um, We'll wait and see. It's a good learning experience, I think. 100%. I know we previously spoke about the, the, I guess, the different influences or sonics from that, that second record. With this time around, having it done in such a succinct volume of time in two weeks, were there less influences that were kind of at play this time around or was it that you're just trying to fit more influences in in a shorter time spe- uh, time period? I think, yeah, it was the same. Like a lot of influences, quite a big list. I think we were trying to channel like the Gorillas and The Weeknd fit somewhere in the middle yeah. between that. I think the, the big thing is the influences didn't change. It was just two weeks. We're all listening to the same music. No one can go too crazy off off the field. It's just this is what we want it to sound like and we all had a pretty clear idea moving in, I think, whereas before it was just like I'm listening to completely different music three months later but recording for the same album. Yeah, true. It's going to get a bit dicey. (laughs) Which I can very much understand, yeah. (laughs) With, uh, With those sonics that you've just mentioned, one track that I would kind of like to talk about and I do realise it's slightly unfair because people haven't heard the EP yet. If anything, hopefully this is just giving them a little bit of a a taste or a morsel to, to hold on for that next week. Um, my favourite track on the EP was Hope We Don't Fall In Love, which I feel like kind of has a little bit of that weekend influence in it. Um, firstly, love the track. Thank you very much for Thank that you. track. <laughs> I can see that going off at a lot of uh, a lot of house parties, things like that. Where did that track come from? Um, I think that was, it was like a couple of songs over a period of time. We had done a song called Hope We Don't Fall In Love maybe like three or four years ago, maybe more. Yeah, it's one of our first songs in the studio and it didn't turn out very good, to be honest. And then um, we had this other song which we never recorded at all and we just mashed it together one day. I think we were pretty frantically writing in the lead-up time to the studio, so songs were just popping out of nowhere and then we were just in the car and we're like let's mash those two together as we do on really long car trips we just talk music because our friendship only extends so far <laughs> in the conversation <laughs> and like the setup in the studio was in terms of synthesizers the most extra- extravagant that we've had um we got there uh like george our synth man spent like an entire day just assembling a wall of synthesizers it was, like, very productive in the end, but at the time we are just like, are we actually going to play any synth? Because what we're doing is setting them up. We had, like, ten on the wall. I think it was a complete studio takeover. Yeah, so that was cool. I think that song had, like, the most... That's, like, what we were going for. Hope yeah. We Don't Fall In Love, and everything else had a bit of old DVD flair in it. But that's, like, the most electronic. Everyone has said, like, well, a lot of our friends, band friends and stuff, have said that that's their favourite as well, that, that we've shown to. So, uh, yeah, seems to be a recurring theme. 
If anything, it gives uh, fans who are listening to this episode, again, that little taste of, of something to look forward to, as I imagine that they are. Um, the EP title, My House is a Club, I understand that that's kind of come from this, um, I'm not sure if it's a lived experience from either one of yourselves, but about a living in a share house where um, I guess that, it might have gone a little bit astray with the certain nightlife that's available within the share house, if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, well, Nick moved in with me a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, just before the summer of yeah. 22, yeah. I think. And Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just the the house we were in was like this amazing old house. It's so so big, right? That it's quite like it's quite old, so it can be quite messy, and you don't really notice it unless it's like unlike modern homes these days, you know. So this was just the perfect place for kind of a constant intake of people to come in and out of. And because we were like, you know, we're we've moved in together, you know, <laughs> we're just like let's, let's party we um, and. <laughs> there were still COVID restrictions coming in and out for live music venues and whatnot. So there came a point where we were quite fed off and we just started having quite a few gatherings at our own house. And after a couple months, it was, it was very fun, but then it started to take a toll on everyone. I think we had, um, new year's that year, <laughs> like the WA government, they, um, were locked out like gigs and stuff like that. So we were meant to have a gig for, New Year's Eve, but then they cancelled all gigs and they could say you could have up to 200 people at your house anyway. So, like, there was going to be maybe 150 people at the gig, but we ended up having 200 people at our house party. So, like, it was just (laughs) a lot of fun. We had, like, multiple DJs and just, like, rooms with all these, like, galaxy lights set up at the ceilings and stuff. It it was just very memorable at the time. (laughs) Or not. Yeah, or not. I feel like the the logic by the government is is maybe not sound, but it sounds like it kind of created well, like a a, a very unique party and musical kind of experience. Yeah, a lot of the people that were there were um, like our band friends as well. So, like Great Gable, Dice, um, was Sasha Seaborn there? I, I yeah, know, there was like a few just like a whole catalogue of different people from WA music scene as well as like our personal friends as well. So it was just like a, a cluster of different groups come together. It was good fun. That's awesome. In, in situations 
like that? Is there ever, because was it just, um, was it the band playing? Was it just a DJ set? Were there, I guess, elements of collaboration where you could have other people like members of Dice or Gable up up to play? I'll say there was some collaboration. <laughs> oh, we basically had like our outdoor beer garden set up with a, a DJ and I think a couple I think Bex, yeah, yeah, Bex, yeah. she does um, a bit of work around Perth. She was doing DJ out front, and then George was doing DJs in the um, the Red Cave, yeah. as we called it, which was another uh, <laughs> house completely on the other side. And it, it just like, yeah, you, you had all these different sections of the house. Like even in our house gym, people were in there like pumping weights. At some point, we're like, what is going on here? Things are getting a bit proper like project. <laughs> Why are people pumping weights? I knew they would, but yeah. <laughs> why are they in there? <laughs> that sounds like the kind of house party that you do want to be invited to. Not just the weights part, I think more the uh, the randomness of it, but look, each to their own, anyone who wants to pump weights at a party, I'm not one to shame. So um, it's, it's a bit of a, I don't actually have a very good segue for this. Um, I wanted to discuss, uh, I guess, introductions to songwritings and where both of you kind of first found your, um, I guess, found your feet in, in terms of beginning songwriting and lyric writing? Um, I think before me and Nick met back in the day, we both like dabbled a bit in songwriting. Mm. And then when we came together, it was like kind of started as I would have the guitar in my hand and I'd have like a little idea of a lyric and I'd be like, sing this, see what you reckon. And then we'd kind of, we'd just work off that really basic level together and then just fully um, bring it out into a full track. And I think over time we got very good at taking that small idea to the final point. Like we'd, we'd be like, we've got 10 minutes to write a song before you've got to go to some meeting. All right, let's, let's sit down with this idea and let's do it. <laughs> and, um, then after a while like the other boys started to get more involved in that process as well so we wouldn't we wouldn't really write a full song we would write parts and then we'd bring it to the band and start exploring what each part was going to sound like with everyone's point of view on it and um especially the more we recorded the more important we realized that was that everyone kind of had their input because it made it more dynamic track to track whereas when we write together we kind of just write the same song every single time that's quite gets quite formulaic and i think um <laughs> trying to change that even now moving forward we want to kind of change the way we write it just to get a bit more versatility in that initial stage but yeah i guess with what you mentioned earlier the the fact that the um the track that we highlighted, Hope You Don't Fall In Love, was a bit of a, a, a mashup, I guess, of, of two different songs. Is that a common thing that you find happening within the band that you t- tend to almost be, I don't want to, I feel like if I use the, the word like zombie-ish or like kind of putting together different parts, that that's almost an insult to it because it's not like that. But yeah, do you find that you are, it is a common thing within the band in songwriting of, of bringing different songs together to make them as a one cohesive piece. No, no, no. Have we done it before? Um, Maybe one. I feel like we never really throw away yeah. an idea. So we'll work on something and, like, it might not be working at, at that time or it might, like, it might be a demo that we've done and it just doesn't make the cut. And then if no one else hears it, it's just constantly in the bank. And I think when it comes to songwriting, like, 
trying to fashion stuff out of thin air is not quite the way to do it. Like it's really good when you just sit down and get your guitar and you just write a song spontaneously and it sounds good. That's kind of the goal. But um, I often find like I'll always have a bank of voice memos and little ideas and I'll write notes in my phone about what I thought was good and because my memory's so shot that I'll just look at my list and go, okay, I'll, I'll try this one again, see what happens today. And I think that's, um, like, over time, a much more productive way of doing it, just trying to keep track of all the ideas you've had. We had um, our song uh, Tattoo, which came out a while back now, but um, I remember we had it written, half written, and we were playing it live, but then we weren't quite vibing it. Mm. So we, like, still kept, like, the core of the song but changed the rest of it. So it just it's a lot of um, trial and error, I guess, sometimes. Sometimes a song would just like happen, like Cigarettes and Honey or Wiggy just, just happens straight away, which is great, but then another song won't, so yeah. Of course. With with parts, so not the, the full, I guess, body of the song itself, but with little parts that are interchangeable, I guess, does that make it um, more malleable when it comes to a live setting? Do you guys find that you're able to if there have been songs that have been little bits and pieces or that have built out of one voice memo, whatever it may be, that then that allows you a little bit more freedom when you're playing the tracks live and mucking around with them, changing the arrangements or whatever it may be? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, we're we're quite good at knowing what songs that we have that we can pair together in a live set so we can create some kind of instrumental thing that bridges the gap between tracks. And the more we do that kind of stuff, sometimes you just start jamming and you go, that sounds really good, don't forget it. And then we work on that idea of bringing that back into, <laughs> into life. Um, I think generally, like, when it comes to recordings, it's much more structured because it's more efficient that way. Um, if we were, like, all living together and we just jammed every day, I think we'd get into some, like, much more in-depth... Crazy territory. Crazy territory in terms of that, but... Um, I think when it does happen, it's always a good thing because it's in. It's I think the best ideas are the ones that sound good in the room straight away that you vibe. Sometimes a song might you might know it's a great song, but it takes a while for it to work in the rehearsal room so you can bring it live. One hundred percent. I think even as you mentioned before, even just some of you living together, let alone jamming together all day, has created some crazy kind of situation. So we don't want to push that too far yeah. in terms of um, the limits of pushing the band. <laughs> uh, you are going back out on tour in May, which is very exciting. I know a lot of fans are excited to see you guys back on the road. When um, when was the last... I was trying to find it last night and had a bit of trouble. When was the rough last full tour that you guys did? Uh, well, we did like a small, mm. very brief tour in was it September last year? Because so, yeah. um, we were going to play Big Sound, uh, which was like it was like the first Big Sound that has happened since COVID hit, and we were meant to do it back then, but we got the invite again last year, and that was incredible because that was during the week, on like Monday through Thursday, we thought, okay, let's build a few shows whilst we're over there, um, just to make it a bit fun but it was very hectic it was like eight shows over nine days or something and the way big sound was it was quite just a lot of late nights on your mondays your tuesdays your wednesdays where you would usually uh you know be resting and be nice and chill 
between weekends on your tour. So that was interesting. But, um, and then the one before that was probably our last like proper tour where we were, uh, pushing the album, uh, Moonboy album back in March, April last year. So that was a few more weeks over East, which was quite, quite fun. Yeah. I always like it a bit more when it's longer. That was, um, that was the time where we were, we had to isolate or we didn't have to isolate, but we, as a band were like, if one of us, one of us gets COVID, then we're pretty screwed. So like the whole tour, we were just hanging out with um, ourselves. So we're playing a lot of Mario Kart and all that sort of stuff. Um, whereas this time around, it's a bit more, <laughs> we can hang out with more fans, which would be great after shows and um, just interact more like during the weeks and stuff. So it's cool. Yeah. 100%. I was going to ask um, whether you, I guess you're looking forward to being back on the road in a, in a bigger and f- more freer capacity, but I think that's kind of already touched on that as well. Yeah, definitely a bit more freer, which is good. Um, yeah. You know, as much as, <laughs> as much as love each other, spending, spending two and a half weeks in one room together, it doesn't matter who yeah. you are, like there'll be some, there'll be a couple of bickers here and there. <laughs> um, and, you know, we're competitive people when it comes to Super Smash Bros and all that stuff. So, um, <laughs> like when, when you're meeting fans after gigs, like we um, the first tour we did over East was to not too many people at all, but the people who came to that tour still come back to the tours these days. And like now we're, we're actually all friends. We're like happy to see each other. Mm-hmm. So I think like it was very weird during COVID not having that dynamic where you can actually, you know, greet the people coming to your shows and see what they're about. Um, and like, I feel, feel like it's just too disconnected and especially like we're not that big that we're playing arena shows and we don't want to, walk out there and talk to anyone or anything that we actually really want to get to know the fans. Well, I think that it is one of the reasons why you guys are so well beloved and why fans do love you. Um, Is there a track that maybe more so than the others from this new EP that you're looking forward to um, debuting in a live setting? I think, I think I hope we don't fall in love will be interesting because it's, we're taking it quite electronic it's not our usual mm-hmm. so it's going to feel different when we play it because um, it is very different to all the other songs but I like I think like we like to for lack of a better word we like to party <laughs> this, this, is a party, this is a party track so I want to see it on stage I want to see what he does <laughs> it's all going to be a surprise whatever we do the dance moves that we pull off who knows but that, that one same. I think that's the same for all of us, really. Yeah. Like that song to play live will be really cool. We did a little um, impromptu, like secret gig in Perth a couple of weeks ago, and we played um, the title track "My House Is a Club," which was really fun live as well. So, um, yeah, just keen to play all the new ones. You know, not that we're like we love playing the old ones because people still relate to them and love them and stuff. So that's always good. I don't like listening to them on my own, but playing live is really fun. Um, but the new ones is going to be good to see how they react to it. Yeah. 100%. Well, look, I, I'm very excited to see the uh, the live debut of those tracks and, and see what, I guess, what happens happens, as you've advised. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, usually would ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is uh, there anything that is currently on high rotation for you both respectively? Hmm. You, you listen to that, mate. You're listening to... Lil Yachty, was it? Was <laughs> oh, true that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was listening to Lil Yachty's recent album. 
which is completely different to his old stuff. I don't really know much of his old trap hip hop stuff, but his new um, mm. psychedelic rock slash rap album is pretty cool. Mm. What about you? <laughs> I'm the worst person to ask because <laughs> I don't even listen to music. I just chuck on <laughs> Yeah. I don't understand anything contemporary at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but also a very solid pick in Little Yachty as well because, yeah, that record is, um, it's slightly it's slightly odd, but it is very engaging if I can kind of pick one word to listen to. Yeah, yeah. Bit, of a, bit of a mind warp. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, look, Nick Palais, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. The EP is the brand new EP from Death by Denim. It is called My House is a Club and it is out next week. We'll have it in the uh, the link to the, it, sorry, we'll have it in the show notes of this podcast episode so people can access it. But um, thank you very much for coming on once again. Amazing. Thank Thanks, you very much. Good Cheers. To see you.